Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. Ari, a non-sexual betrayal amidst physical and emotional affairs, porn, cyber sex, et cetera. Is it rational thinking that my husband says he regrets lying, but the activity months of lying about whereabouts and spending huge amounts of dollars, was it enjoyable and worth it? Well, I'm still trying to get to Ray, a non-sexual betrayal admit amidst physical and emotional sexual regarding right, but I'm not a sure. non-sexual betrayal amidst physical and emotional affairs. Of... Oh, yeah. I so, see. so, so well, the challenge is, is it rational thinking that my husband says he regrets lying, but the activity and the spending right. huge amounts of money was enjoyable and totally worth it? Well, to first of all, I, I don't, you know, just to read in a little bit, I don't know what a non-sexual betrayal is, but it sounds like some kind of romantic betrayal or it could be a financial. We don't exactly know what that is. So I'm just curious what that is, um, because if there's a lot of sexual acting out going on and, and someone says, well, I'm just emotionally involved with that person, it's likely that they're being sexual, too. So I, I don't know about that part. Um I, I don't, I can say, so the other part, I can say lots of things. I for, can say, I'm sorry. I, I can say, I wish I hadn't done it. I can say, you know, I'm just really got issues and, and you know, I couldn't help myself. Um, I can say a whole bunch of things, but I don't know. The way that I would tell if an addict regretted lying was how they lived their life going forward. Um, because, you know, I don't know whether they lied or not. I don't know what the reality is. And if, you know, that's sort of what I was touching on in the beginning is if, if all this stuff is going on, you don't yet know what's true and what wasn't true. So I think, I don't know, I don't see anything as Tan would say about therapy, about support groups, about places and environments where you could begin to answer these questions together. Um, it's a great question, but it's sort of a question that makes me think that this is someone who hasn't had a lot of experience working on these issues or hasn't had someone to guide them. What do you think, Tammy? Well, and, and I w- was thinking that it's somebody who's still caught up in the fantasy of, you know, it was all this great stuff rather than being able to look at the reality of the situation of like, you know, the lies are part of this, but, you know, spending huge amounts of money and being um, unaccountable for whereabouts is, you know, are the two things that you mentioned and, you know, at what cost, you know, so, so there there's a disconnect to me of like yeah that was totally worth it even though you know I completely hurt my family I you know I've spent money that you know that I didn't need to on something that was probably not helpful for the family resources you know so it to me it feels like it feels like an addict living in the fantasy of you know it was so great rather than the reality of you know there's a whole bunch of things that were really hurtful to someone else so that that was my take on it. And I would agree with you, Tammy. And, and I want to say that, you know, when I most regret lying is when I've been caught. That's when I really regret having lied. As long as I get away with my lies, I'm really not that worried about them. But, you know, so um, you're nodding your head, your thought, Tammy. Well, yeah, but and I'm also thinking, and this feels like somebody who will be close to running right back to those problematic behaviors, because I'm still thinking it was great. It was great. And had I not gotten caught in the lies, it was still great, you know? So, so this feels like somebody who um, has not 
dealt right. with reality yet or and is still living in denial and, and and to me this is a spouse again who doesn't know a lot about the work but really wants to um, find a place that they can feel comfortable and so if he regrets it then or she forgets it sorry if they seem really remorseful and regretful that's going to make me feel better but there's a larger process at play and i'd invite you to uh tammy maybe you can drop in one of the drop in there when one of the support groups for partners are or we don't charge for these things and maybe you just want to seems like you need more information um and i really want you to get support from people who are going through what you're going through so um yeah um should we move yeah. on tammy and, sorry to me to give well, you a task one quick no, no that's okay but it's, it's one quick thing too it's like and setting healthy boundaries like accountability with money and like you like the transparency with you know where someone is going so so it feels like to me there needs to be more accountable accountability um but healthy boundaries for you as well and yes i will put uh some resources in the chat in just a moment so okay next question uh, and someone said thanks for doing this on a holiday you're welcome we're you're glad welcome. you're here um uh so if our children find out about sa because of recovery information we have in our room that they might have seen what are your thoughts on what to share once they already knew the issue exists well i guess the first thing that comes to my mind is how old are they you know if an 18 or 17 year old walks into your room it's very different than if a 11 year old walks in you know and uh you know 11 pardon me, someone is 11 or 12 or nine, they may see it, but they may not connect it to you. They may just think it's something you're reading about or something you're learning about. So just because you deeply connect it to you doesn't mean they're going to pick it up and say, oh, well, that's dad or mom, you know? So I don't know about that part. Um, also, um, I, I am a very strong, what is the opposite of advocate? I very strongly believe that um, we should not tell our children about our sexual lives. And if they find things out, then we're going to explain it in the least harmful, the least direct. This is not a spouse. job is to protect your children. If you want to protect your children, you don't want them waking up in the middle of the night thinking about mom having sex with the postal worker. So, you know, we speak in very non-descriptive general terms. Um, I, but I don't think I'd run to my kid and say, well, let me show you. I noticed you're in my room and you saw this. Let me tell you what it means. Um, because they may look at you like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Sometimes we take our own guilt and shame and project it onto other situations. And then we're like, oh my God, you know, I feel bad that they must have found out. And I don't know. I don't know, Tammy, what are your thoughts? Well, I, I'm gonna I go think, out of this frame for just one second. Yeah. But I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is um premature to think that your children know that this is about you and you're not just investigating a topic. Um, I also think it's a good reminder to leave things that we don't want children to see, you know, in places that are not obvious for them to find. So, you know, we can be, you know, and that's the same. Mm -hmm. I hear often about uh, betrayed partners who are, you know, are reading uh, the, the, the work, the workbooks, you know, that their mm -hmm. partners are doing their, their four steps, you know, again, you know, keep it close to you because all of those things are, you know, tempting. Um, but that's not the appropriate way to learn, um, information. So, but when children, you know, I, you can always, if you've We're created a relationship, yeah, created a relationship where they can come to you and ask you questions about things, you know, then, then it is up to them on some level if they're old enough to ask questions. But, but I really agree with, you know, I, no kid, I don't care how old, you know, wants to know 
about their parents' sex life. Um, and it's okay to say we're struggling. You know, we've had some issues. We're both working on it. We're doing, you know, some, we're, we're taking care of us. It's not about you. So reach out to me if you want to hear more. Okay. Thank you both for your service. I've been an SAA attending online Zoom sessions for the past two years now and found it extremely helpful. And I have worked the steps. I am now working them for the second time. Good job. I have not, however, found comfort or community in the in-person meetings. At the advice of my sex addiction therapist, I have attended SA meetings for the past three weeks. What are your thoughts on the different uh, different two groups? Do you have a personal preference? And can I attend an online SAA still if I go to SA in-person meetings? Yes. SLA. Yes. I try all of them. You know? Yes. So... I, I, so more I'm more really glad you're working the steps and, and even within, you know, so the, the groups all kind of get their own little personality. And like when I was looking for a new home group, you know, I went to different meetings and then I went into one and I went, this is my home group. And I found, you know, the people, I mean, you find the sponsor, you find the people to connect with, you know, et cetera. So, so, so even within any of the 12 steps, they still, you know, they still have different ones. Um, um, I was traveling and I found a fantastic meeting and I'm going to be up there again at the end of this week. And I'm planning to go to that meeting because I was like, I love this. And it's a little different format, but, you know, it was a great meeting. And, and I really felt uh, a connection with that. But every, you know, it's always take what you need and leave the rest. And all the different 12 steps have a little different philosophy and how they approach things. So understanding where you align and where you don't, you know, but again, take what's useful for you. But if you really connect, it would be meaningful to me to connect in person with someone in an S group. And if it's a little different version, it's all fine, you know, but yeah, I do try them all, you know, and and try different meetings, not just, you know, the, you know, 5 p.m. on Tuesday or whatever you're going to. It's like, check, check them all out. Yeah, so I, I made some notes. And yeah, you know, Tammy, more is more. I mean, you know, this isn't like dessert where you can have too much. You really can't spend enough time hearing from people, learning from people. I've heard people say, well, isn't going to meetings addictive? And I think, well, hooray, going somewhere where you get support, where you get to know people, where they're giving you answers and role models. You know, I don't think, especially in the beginning, you can do too much. Um, I wrote some stuff down. You wrote, you said comfort or community. So the number one reason that I go to 12-step meetings is to stay sober. So working to find comfort, I may never feel comfortable in 12-step meetings. It may be too public or too open. Um, and so as far as the comfort part, you may never be completely comfortable. I mean, there are lots of places people are uncomfortable, but the reason I go to meetings is not necessarily to be comfortable. I go there because I want to get sober and I want to learn from those other people how to get sober. Um, and as far as the community piece, I do think that if your meetings are mostly online, I mean, I do think people get sober online. Thank goodness that there's been a place during COVID and all that stuff for people to come to or things would be a lot worse. On the other hand, things are opening up. And I, you know, one of the more valuable things I think about meetings is going to have a cup of coffee with a couple of people. You know, that's as on some level as important as all the rest of the work, because we used to hide out wherever we hid out and we were alone in our acting out. And it's so, so important to build these relationships. And you really get the feeling of what a sponsor is when you're in that room, you really get a feeling of what it is to support other people. I, I don't think I had the kinds of friendships with men that I learned to have until I went to those meetings. 
And uh, so um, I think it's a different experience to go to meetings and I really encourage you to do that. I think it's even more important if you make community, don't wait for it to happen. People say, oh, we're gonna go out for coffee, go. You know, you may feel a incredibly awkward, but you, you, someone's gonna say hi, you know? And as far as the groups, I, I, I agree with Tammy. I think that um, everyone has a different flavor and they are different, working slightly different things. Some are more for the married people. Some are more for the single people. Some are more for the people who just deal with porn. You know, some are more for the relationship people. So they're, they've sort of dispel, sorry, spread out. But we also have Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, Cocaine Anonymous. Like, they're all drugs. But everyone kind of needed their own little space to feel like, okay, this is where I belong. And so, yeah, you can't spend a lot of time in the wrong meeting because you're going to learn something no matter which one you go to. So I would say don't worry so much about which is the right place, which is the wrong place, how many times should I go? And be more focused on asking people if you can help them. If you don't know how to ask for help, or you don't know what you need, or you have trouble building relationships, ask if there's anyone you can help. You've done the steps. You've been involved in this. You can help other people. And I bet Tammy was going to say, what about service? You know, when you've gotten to this point, well, Tammy, let me give that one to you because I think that's a we, Tammy thing yes. for sure. You, you've been through the steps. You are far ahead of many, many people who are walking in the door. Be of service. Be willing. Don't go, oh, I'm not ready to be a sponsor. Yes, you are. You're ahead, you know, and you can lean into your sponsor and lean into other people. But I love the, can I be of service? Can you read, you know, the, read, read something. There's numerous things that are read at the beginning of a meeting. Offer to read. That's a, you know, give out the chips and whatever it is, be of service, be connected. I love getting on peer group connection you know, and then you, you are, are on the list to reach out to other people, you know, and they can reach out to you. So um, it is, and I did put in the chat, the list, we have a bunch of links on our website that will take you to the various ones. And they talk about, you know, what, what they are, what their you know, focus is. And, um, and you can also find out how to learn more about those particular groups. So it's a valuable resource, but, you know, keep, keep going. I had one more thought here, Tammy, too, which is uh, people work the steps, but sometimes they do it in therapy. Sometimes they do it in a book, you know, and so I didn't hear and, you know, for whoever's listening, even if it isn't you, um, I think that the steps should be worked on with someone else who's in recovery, preferably a sponsor. So if you were just chat, going through this with a peer or you went through with a therapist or a clergy person, that's fantastic. But I would really want that person to be in the rooms of recovery in order to walk through those steps. It's not just like going through something with your therapist and working your heart out. It's about building connection and, and reducing shame. And my therapist will never make me feel ashamed, but sitting in front of someone I don't know as well, and they might, you know, it's really important for me to get that out there with someone who is going to have been where I've been. So um, I, that's what I don't hear is who you worked on these steps with. So I'll throw that out to you as well. True. Yeah. Which hopefully was a really good sponsor. So, Okay. And you're doing it again with another sponsor or the same sponsor. Next question. Any suggestion for getting my PA spouse to leave me alone? Three months from last discovery, 42 years married. I feel I can no longer deal with all the blame shifting, projection, et cetera. I am seeking, seeking therapist. He, is, he says he is also, but no real evidence. I am doing all I can for myself right now, but just need peace. He says he makes the money. Therefore, he makes the decisions. So trying to figure out how to pay for the therapist. Oh, Wow. Okay. 
So tell me, when you say leave me alone, um, it almost sounds like this thing about boundaries we talk about, which is boundaries are the are things that I set and not someone else. So I can't make someone leave me alone. It just means they're still not listening to me. They're still so focused on themselves that they want me to do something for them, like like accept their apology or whatever, or have sex, you know, whatever it is. So for me, it's more about how can you take yourself out of this space as as painful as it might be, and as much as you might, you have to detach. From people, we look. We all have to attach, detach from some degree from people who aren't nice to us. And if someone in my life, forget a spouse, if if my friend Tammy here started blame shifting, projecting, saying, um, you know, I've got a problem, and and, and you know, I, I would probably say back off. Can you back off? Because you're confusing me. I don't understand. So I, I wonder if you can create some space between you and this person to get more of a reality check, more support. Um, I don't, and by the way, you have no reason to believe them, believe him. So there's all, I'm, he says he's seeking a therapist. So when you say I'm doing all I can to care for myself now, but just need peace, have you changed the locks? You know, if he doesn't live with you, have you blocked his phone number? I have seen people sit in meetings uh, at the other side, love addicts, in so much pain. You know, Tammy, I've seen someone in a meeting uh, say, oh, I know she's going to call me and I don't know what to do. And, you know, I every time my phone rings, I think it's her. And, you know, I have to come up after the meeting and say, did you think about blocking their number? Oh, no, that never occurred to me. So there are very simple things that you may be able to do to create some safety for you. Um, and by the way, the making the money part, you know, I'm not a woman, but if I was a woman, I would feel really incredibly insulted about that. Like being half in a relationship doesn't mean I'm half in a relationship or I'm not in the half that you want me to be in. Um, so now I'm mad at them for me, for you. I know what, what do you think, Tammy? Well, I was too. That's why I did. Oh, you know, I, I don't know if you've consulted a divorce attorney, but, and I don't know what state or place you live in. And I know it's different in various places, but you know, uh, usually the settlement for spouses, particularly ones who've been around 42 years is, you know, you get half, half. So half that money. Um, I, and I don't know, I'm not a legal person. So don't you know, take this with a huge grain of salt, but, but, you know, for many people just consulting the attorney and understanding the reality of, you know, what it would look like and, and telling their spouse, you know, I am, I, you know, I, I'm your actions have, you know, have consequences. I am going to go consult a divorce attorney because I want to know what my rights are. You know, sometimes, you know, that can help um, shift the message as well. But, but uh, yeah, I really hate that. Like what a power and control play, you know, I make the money. So therefore, you know, like, uh, you know, there, there's no room in that for, you know, I care about you. I'm sorry that, you know, my behavior has been so hurtful and I want to build this relationship, you know, but I also hear three months from the last discovery, which means this has been a series and I don't know how long, but, but this isn't unfortunately your first rodeo with this. And, um, and, and it's still the same rodeo because, you know, he's not changing, he's not doing things. And, and people, even after 42 years actually can change. They, they can understand that this is a problem and I want to do things differently. So it can get different. 
I do have a suggestion, by the way, that's more direct, which is I do consultations and I do them online for mm. two hours and I do them with couples and they cost money. But I got to tell you, there's not a couple I've worked with that didn't end up hearing what was most useful for them, whether they wanted to hear it or not, whether they liked the way I said it or not. You know, you guys know from being around here that I'm a pretty straight shooter. And so in two hours, I've been able to gather the information about this and really be able to challenge the person could be either one, but usually it's the person who's lying and the person is minimizing. And, you know, what I do in those is I really listen to the partner and, and I make the addict listen to the whole conversation with the partner. And then they look at what they've done with me and that their partner and I have talked about. And then I turn to them and I'm like, mm, you know, did you, didn't you, you know, and I'm the same person in the room, one hopes. So this is a perfect example. And, you know, there are many resources, but I would just say this is a perfect example where I could do a consult and, and listen to the whole story and say, mm, something ain't right here. Um, there are also, um, there, there's a betrayed partners group that we're starting? I don't know when that's in June, right, Tammy? I, I actually, it, it's it's starting again in June 8th and I put it in the chat. So okay. the Betrayed Partner Work Group uh, starts again uh, June 8th. So uh, that is from a pro-dependent lens. It's really good content, very supportive, $350 for the entire six-week course. Well, I'll also say that I wrote the course and so I know what's in there. I think there's six weeks and then there's another six weeks, but it's yeah, all there's about two levels, but yeah. It's all about fair fighting and detachment and boundaries. And, you know, do I have to forgive if I'm not ready? And it's all about, and, and I feel so crazy. I love them and I hate them at the same time. And all of those issues that we know you guys go through, um, we actually put into a course. And, um, and I don't talk about things that I don't think would be useful. So, um, yeah, that's a good start. By the way, uh, I've but seen I really, a therapist. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. But I was going to say, I really hate that, you know, like, I, I really hate that you're feeling like I have to, I've been married to this man 42 years and he's, you know, and you've got to figure out how to pay for a therapist, you know, because of his, like, I mean, it's such a, it's so unfair and unjust that he isn't going, yes, I'll pay for your support, you know, goodness, after all of this and another discovery again, three months ago, here's the checkbook, you know? So anyway, okay. I feel Next bad question. For you. A few weeks ago, you gave us a link to an article on the difference between sexual and sensual touch. I am wondering if you remember that and can share it again. Was it Sense8 focused? I bet yeah, it was. Yeah, maybe that was it. You put it in there. Okay, I will find it I think. and put it in the chat in a minute. Okay. Um, um, let me okay. just say what it so, is that Tammy's putting in oh, there. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Um, there are um, in in when couples are having to learn when couples have problems with intimacy, whether it has to do with erectile dysfunction or vaginismus, it could be physical issues or it could be emotional issues. This is a process of guiding people through physical intimacy that starts with things that you don't even think are sexual, like colors and sounds, and goes all the way through touch and sexual touch, physical touch, all the way through. And there's whole kinds of exercises. So it really is about going from sensuality to sexuality and having it be uh, an integrated experience and a little bit longer experience than simply, um, you know, penetrative sex. So yeah, Tammy's going to drop that in, uh, in the chat when she gets a moment or I can find it. If you yeah. Want. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm finding the, you know, Johnson and Johnson long stuff, but I'm not like, if you remember what you shared, 
but let's go to I'll the next question. My, go ahead. Yeah, my wife is ready to move on. She feels she has done everything in her power to make our relationship work, and she feels at peace with her decision. I have been now. I have been trying to show her I can change now, be the partner she needs. I honestly believe I can, and have surrendered to the process. I don't want to manipulate her. I'm torn between showing her I can change and making it easier for her to move on. Should I accept she has made up her mind, and I have had my chance or should I fight for the relationship? You have to start, Tammy, because I just got a sensate focus reference for these folks. Okay. And I will read while you're starting. Yeah. That's okay. So please. So my, um, I, I think it's too little, too late to concentrate on her. She's at peace with her decision. You know, at this point, you working on you, and me who knows what will happen in the in the future but you trying to um show her look no really now i've changed i yeah that was the same so can you put that in the chat to everyone too while you've got it um oh sure what i love about this reference actually is that it goes through what are the stages and it explains Thank it, you. So it looks like a, it looks very therapeutic but it's actually gives i mean it looks very fancy but it's actually very easy to read and um, thank you and it I like when it goes through, you know, you do this and then you do that and don't do this and don't do that. So here you go. Thank you, Tammy. Okay. There you Thank go. you. So back to our question. Did you do it to just host or did you do it to everyone? Can I you do it, to, I it to everyone? No, you just did it to host and panelists. I will. So I will. Let's finish this question. We're getting scattered tonight. So I will copy and paste it's a holiday. It to everyone in, no, in a minute. It's already done. I let's talk it. about. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. There's the link. It's www, in case you're watching this on a recording, smsna.org, patients, did you know what is Sensate Focus and how does it work? So you can replay that if you need to. Okay, so my wife is ready to move on. I don't want to manipulate her. I'm torn between showing her I can change. You showing her you can change. There's no downside to that, but it's you showing you that you can change because like it's what I hear is now I, now I know I can do it. Now I really believe I can do it, but you haven't done it yet. So, um, so I think honor her choice and um, it's not about fighting for the relationship. It's about changing you to be the person, you know, that you need to be, whether she's in your world or not. And, and I don't know if you have children, if you have children, you will always co-parent them. So, so showing up at a get together, um, a graduation, a wedding or whatever, and being a person of honesty and integrity and being different, you know, she'll see that and, and hopefully appreciate it, even if she's not back together with you. But if you don't address these issues, you will carry them forward. You will live in your lives and, and any other future relationship um, will be affected by that. So, so it, 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 you know, to me, you know, um, trying to, win her back, fight for the relationship, you know, I, I, if she's made peace with her decision and moving on, she's made peace with her decision and is moving on. So. Yeah. I, to me, this feels like a stage of grief. You know, it's in the first sentence, she's moving on. And so it doesn't really matter what you do. You know, this is this person's, and by the way, I say this in a lot of my work, I haven't said it here in a while, but the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. When someone says, you know, 
I love you. I care about you. But that's very different than I can't believe you ruined my life. There's actually a lot of passion and connection still in there. So when someone says they've moved on and, you know, they're in the process of it, what I see in you is grief, which is kind of bargaining. Like, well, if I showed her this, maybe she would change that. Or and I hear some remorse, like I wish I'd done it this way. And so next time I'm going to do it that way. And, you know, this relationship's over. And I hope that in the next relationship, or as many as you have, or even in your friendships, you've learned a whole bunch of lessons from this pain that is going to drive you forward to be a better person. Um, I would say three quarters of the men we see at Seeking Integrity maintain their relationships. But there is that maybe eighth or something. They, they, their spouses decide during treatment that they don't want to be with them. And it was the first time they had enough space and time to think about it. And what I go through with the addicts is grieving, you know, uh, along with their whole process. I know what it's like to to have someone break up with me that I really loved and think if I just said this or maybe I'll maybe if I call them in a few weeks when they, you know, this is all just to me, this is the part before you cry. This is the part before you get really, really sad and realize that it is what it is. And then you're going to need a lot of support. Yes, because ultimately, you know, you can't change the past, but you can make sure that you don't carry this forward. And and in addiction, it's really easy to go, well, that didn't work. So now I'm going to go right back to the same problematic behaviors that, you know, that got you, you know, got you to this place already. So do the work for you. Do the work for you. Make sure that you are absolutely digging into your recovery. You've got the, you know, like you probably have more time now. So focus on your recovery. Do everything you need to do on a daily basis for your recovery. And that will be, that will help with your grieving process um, because it, yeah, as you're doing the steps, hopefully you've done them, but, but or are doing them. Um, but as you're writing things out, you will see the patterns um, and, and be, be able to address, you know, making a living amends to her may be, I'm letting her go and I'm not going to fight her and make her life miserable, you know, uh, you know, clawing at her ankles going, you know, keep me, keep me. So you don't need to do that. So, you know, I, I bet yeah, I she don't. had probably for years been saying you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. And now at the, you know, when the door is slamming shut, it's like, Oh, I can change now. So it, you know, unfortunately, but you can change, you can change. So. I also hear a little bit of what you were just talking about, Tammy, which is um, I finally got the exam done, but they've the, the company that, that was delivering it has already run, left. And I'm running after the bus that, you know, the exam company and I'm waving it in the air saying, no, 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 I got it done. It's too late. It doesn't matter whether you yeah. did it or not. Or hopefully, you know, you did it so that next time you'll do a better job on the test, but they're gone. And mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about that. So you need to just put that down and get a lot of support because you'll have to acceptance is where we are at. Um, that's what we're all about when we can find our way there. Um, let me see one more thing. All kinds of references oh, to acceptance in the big book. So hopefully you're reading the 12 step big books because acceptance is the key. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.